Ben, does it smell like teen spirit or does it does it smell like a, a game five loss tonight for the Knicks? Oh, oh, that's brutal. Brutal way to open the show. We're starting off strong. Uh, here, throwback Saturday, 98.1 WQAQ. Last show of the semester, end of an era. I'm your host, as always, Peter Howarth, joined, as usual, by Ben Upson. This is my flu game, by the way, <laughs> fighting through it. But, you know, I had, I had to be here. You know, no days off. Yeah, who takes days off in this business? You're right. Uh, I mean, we've missed like two or three shows. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah they, who takes days off? Um, not us. Yeah, first of all, yeah, we're just, I'm not even going to look at the stats first. I know that's the point of the show and, and the basis and, and the crux of everything we do. But aside, aside from the stats, there's something we talked about off air. Julius Randle, he, I've, he knows how to handle New York media, or at least he should know the expectations. But he's already coming out saying, uh, "Oh no, I could say they wanted more." I mean, fr- from the Knicks fan, that's gotta suck, right? It's disgusting, even hearing Julius, you know, say that. Uh, no less in a press conference of all things. Um, I mean, and granted. You know, he's he's not wrong in that the Heat are the team in this series that have been wanting it more. No, you can't but, say it, though. You can't say yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. That That's the whole point. And to, the fact that this guy was an all-star over Jalen Brunson, I, I still don't know how Jalen Brunson got snubbed from the all-star game. It, <laughs> um D- different story. Brunson went but, on a heater, I think, right after. Yeah. I, I don't think we know when necessarily the votes yeah. get locked in. When the when the votes have to. But you're you're he, right. It was yeah. right after the fact. He got he got, yeah. he got screwed. Yeah, he did. But the fact that Julius Randle is a quote unquote leader of this team, and he goes out there and says that after a game in which the Knicks couldn't grab a single board practically the entire second half. I mean, the Heat had. Multiple possessions with four chances. That that can't happen in a playoff series. I mean, I understand that playoff basketball is a completely different animal, you know, but this is a Knicks team who went into Miami a few times this season, kept it close, really close games between these two in the regular season, and now all of a sudden... You know, it's just gotten to a point where the Heat want it more. Like, is there going to be no fight in this team at all tonight? I mean, Game Five's at the Garden. I mean, I, I swear. You know, this is this is literally replaying the Atlanta series. This is exactly what happened. Lost Game One in a nail biter. You win Game Two. You're only one of the series, and then you lost three straight. It feels just like Atlanta all over again from two years ago. <laughs> to me, it feels like uh, feels like the finals for me from last year. Celtics get up two one. Granted, they, they get they get up two one. They're not split one one. And then you're like, all right, well, we just need like another win, right, to get back in this uh, to keep it afloat. And then yeah, it's just like one after another after another. You're just waiting for the tide to turn. And it never and it never changes. I uh, I have the Julius Randall audio, by the way. If you'd you like do. to, I yeah. think I think we might we might pull it later because we're not we're not okay. set up for it right now. I, we'll come back to the Knicks later. May I just say? Oh, uh, we're we're set up. I got it. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, if you just turn up channel fourteen mini plug, taking you inside our production yeah, here. Thirteen. You're so close. Oh, it's thirteen. So I always thought it's fourteen. All right, uh, you can uh, you can run it. Here we go, Julius Randall's uh, infamous quote after game number four. 
you haven't been you guys haven't been able to get the amount of offensive rebounds and loose balls that you were in the in the Cleveland series. Just what have they done, uh, maybe to, to kind of beat you at your own at your own game almost? Uh, just uh, maybe they want it more. I don't know. Um, um, you know, um, that's been who we are all year, and uh, we got to find a way to you know step up and, and make those plays if we want to keep the season alive. Yeah, like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, not even taking any accountability on himself at all. Just, yeah, you know, we got we to find a way to, you know. It's like, it, it's so, that's so monotonous. Even Jalen Brunson was like, I have to do better. We have to do better. Jalen Brunson is the true leader on this team. Julius Randle is honestly turning into a bit of a crybaby. He really is, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, it was so petty because in the uh, it was in the first round against the Cavs where you know he had that seven point game he got benched I think it was game it, I think it was game four if I'm not mistaken um, didn't speak to the media afterward and you know now here we are a week later second round and now you have these types of comments I mean it's, it's ridiculous look and I, I'm not going to discredit Miami in any way because Miami has been the one. You know, pushing the envelope this entire series, really. Yeah, I mean, for the they've, most they've been the better team. Yeah, and well, let, let's not forget that the the Knicks just clearly hit a wall every time. You know, they get uh, into these big prime time situations. I mean, and that happens when you're still inexperienced. Because think of Miami. You know, they went to the conference finals just last year against Boston. Um, 2020, they went to the bubble finals with the Lakers. How ironic that that could actually be a, a finals matchup again this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, Most viewed finals ever, uh, by the way, if that matters to anyone. They're experienced. They shoot the three ball well, which miraculously just even better without Tyler Hero. Go figure. And uh, they play physical. They are a strong physical team. And let's not forget, Eric Spolstra, I believe, is the second longest tenured coach in the NBA behind Pop. Um, if I'm yeah, not I mean, mistaken, pa- or sorry, Spolstra got the gig in like 2007, right? Or like, or as soon as Riley stepped down. No, he was he was his first year the same year as LeBron's first year. It, it was 08. It oh, was it was 08. No, it yep. was it was shortly after their finals win, right? Then Riley steps down. Yes. Yeah, I mean, no, the next closest would be. Ah, uh, oh boy, this is. Uh, this is something I should get. This is something I should be able to do. It's not close, I don't think. Loki, Steve so Kerr is up there with being 2016. Or, sorry, 2015. Yes. Um, uh, let's just go around the NBA in my head. La, la, la. Um, I have the list here now. Okay, but come on. There's no way. Oh, man, I did not. Uh, by Actually, the w- this list is a little outdated. Oh, boy. I did. Uh, for the record, uh, there's no, there's no. It's a numbers game at the moment. Will there be by uh, the time we get to that point in the show? Maybe. Uh, in the interim, uh, yeah, he has to be right. What Spolstra? Yeah, he has to be n- number two. Yeah, because or, I mean Carlisle no longer right is the Dallas. Otherwise, yeah, it's not. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's Pop, Spolstra, Kerr, yeah. uh, Mike Malone, and, well, not Mike Boonholzer anymore. Uh, so. well, end of an era. <laughs> wow, that, yeah. I think that goes to show you the turnover. And a lot of people are it saying does. that maybe Bud shouldn't have been fired. 
look, like, I don't know. I've watched him, and, and that Milwaukee team, they have not made adjustments for years. A lot of people were calling for him to be fired during their title run. And that just because they went out and won the finals, A, A it wasn't thanks to him, which I, th- I think isn't giving him enough credit. I mean, there's there's more that goes on to coaching a team than just the, the, the game-to-game schematics. But because he won that finals, it's like, well, you gotta, you gotta extend him, you gotta keep him around for a couple years. And, I mean, as you can see, the team sort of plateaued. Now, you can chalk it up to other things. You know, Middleton wasn't available for their playoff run last year if they had him. Maybe they would have gotten past the Celtics in the second round. Maybe they were the best team in the NBA. Who knows? But then this year, they're without Middleton for most of the time. And again, and if he does play, he's maybe like 60% of himself. They still go out, get the best record in the NBA. Uh, they have two of, of the defensive player of the year candidates. Uh, I do not have the all-defensive teams uh, on on cue, I will pull those up very shortly. Well, those were announced just while today. you're pulling that up. Um, in case y'all didn't see it on the Twitterverse yesterday, mm. but Giannis Antetokounmpo with the cryptic tweet. He's coming. Tired of the disrespect, I'm coming. He's coming. So um, as soon as the NBA Finals futures come out for next year in about a month, I, you know, j- just a hunch, you might want to hop on the Bucks early. <laughs> for next year? Yeah. Uh, who's coaching? Yeah, I know. <laughs> who's their coach? <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, by the way, Brooke Lopez, all-defensive first team. Drew Holiday, all-defensive first team. Giannis Antetokounmpo on neither team. Mm. And keep in mind, I believe these are positionless teams because all-defensive second team, you have Bam, who's a center, OG Ananubi, forward, Dylan Brooks, a forward, Draymond Green, a forward, Derek White, the lone guard. First team, Jaron Jackson Jr., I'd call him a forward. Brooke Lopez, a center. Evan Mobley, a forward. Then Holiday and Alex Caruso, both guards. No, Giannis. A lot of people... Giannis was, again, at some point... This is one of my favorite stats to pull up. Thanks to Kevin O'Connor for digging this up. He was the best player in the NBA in guarding the ball handler in the pick and roll. And he was the best player in the NBA at guarding the screener in the pick and roll. It don't matter who he's guarding in the pick and roll. You want Giannis in it. Um, I'm sure the Celtics could use Giannis and some of this Embiid-Harden pick-and-roll, which is just giving the Celtics fits. We'll get to them. Um, actually, we'll get to them right now. Well, let's let's pull up a stat. First stat of the day, shall let's we? Let's pull it up, yeah. Yeah, 11 minutes in, 12 minutes in. So, five straight. The Celtics have lost five straight times in their third home game of a playoff series. I know that sounds like a very specific stat. It is, but... It's it's revealing. Their last win in that scenario, dating back to the 2018 Eastern Conference Finals versus LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. That was rookie Jason Tatum. That was Terry Rozier. Uh, I believe Daniel Tice was on that team uh, a long time ago. Other Some other losses, 2023 Eastern Conference round one against Atlanta. That was just last round. Last year's finals against the Warriors. Last year's Eastern Conference Finals against the Heat. And last year's Eastern Conference semifinals against the Bucks. If you remember that one, that was Drew Holiday picking Marcus Smart late in a late game scenario. Game day, everyone thought they should have won. That puts them down 3-2. And that sets up a Milwaukee game six in which uh, Jason Tatum has a great performance. We'll get to that in a second. But, oh, by the way, uh, that, that's that via Sean Grandy, play-by-play for the Celtics radio. 
Why doesn't this team have any consistency when they should be the best team left in the playoffs? I, we've we've said this ever since they uh, the Bucks have been eliminated. You'll see them have these stretches. We saw this in Game Two. Yes, Game Two against the Sixers. After they they blow Game One, they have Game Two at home. They come out. They have that third quarter. Brogdon. They come out firing. They they get up to like a thirty point lead. They look like the clear best team left in basketball. So, uh, Ben, from your your bird's eye view, as someone who's not following as closely, what is uh? Well, let's change out to you about this maddening team. Well, <clears throat> first of all, uh, Peter, I think the theory now behind uh, why uh, you got your flu game on today, uh, the Celtics must have made you so sick last night that it literally drove you to be sick. <laughs> uh, you actually might be right about that. I'm. This is. <laughs> I, I'm not someone who gets – I mean, I'm obviously emotionally invested, but I don't get really mad because most of the times when I see a team, especially a team I root for because I follow it so closely, win or, or fail or, or get on a hot streak, cold streak, slump, whatever you want to call it, I can I can normally gauge where it's coming from. I can be like, okay, well – you know, X player wasn't hitting hitting the shots that he normally does. They're turning it over because you know the other team is is playing a trap. They're they're putting pressure on a guy like Tatum or Brown that they're not used to. You know, whatever it may be. But with this Celtics team, it's there's like a weird effort thing. It's an effort thing, and there's no cohesion. And I don't see the plan. It's one thing if I see a team fail, and I'm like, okay, they're getting into their sets. They're not hitting their open shots. All right, they're trying this on Embiid. Now they're trying this look on Embiid, and Embiid is so good that he's beating him. No, what I see is that they're in a drop coverage versus Embiid in a pick and roll, and Rob Williams is is not shading um, Harden to his right. He's letting James Harden, a left-handed player (laughs) who's been in the league since like 2011, get to his left hand, do an easy... uh, bounce pass to Embiid in, in the short roll, then Embiid gets a 12-footer with three feet of separation against Embiid. And it's just wash, rinse, and repeat. And then offensively, uh, Marcus Smart the other night, I, I believe who's a post-game presser, he said that the offense is random at times. And it is. I don't see a clear, other than at that at some point in the game Jason Tatum just remembered hey like I have to show up for this team to have a chance and and his movement off the ball and and creating separation was really important to them getting back in this game but other than that this team isn't like giving me a lane this team is not showing me the fight they're not showing me the and it's weird because I think that was their whole thing last year that was their MO there's their resiliency and it's based off the defensive end that is all gone. We've talked about this before, how the that's all the stylistic change has been from Ime Udoka to Joe Mazzula. A lot of this has been, some people have attributed to the loss of Will Hardy as well, their top assistant from last year, took the Utah Jazz job, poached by Danny Ainge. Uh, many people credited him as their top adjustment maker. Uh, he was the one who made those game-to-game adjustments schematically, helped them get through some series. Um, I'm not going to sit here and, and blame it all on the coach. I mean, the players need to hit their open shots. Al Horford can't go 0 of 7 from 3. Uh, that's just that's just unacceptable. Um, but it's uh, it's weird. The, the Celtics haven't put me in this position in a while. Um, I don't I don't know if 
if this is different for you from the New York perspective, Ben, because I think the New York teams, that's all they do. <laughs> they put you in this situation. Well, they do. Uh, and it's a good point you bring up about Al because that that was really a big difference uh, in last night's game, that he didn't make a single shot. Um, yeah, 07 from the field. Uh, you know, this is, of course, you know, think back to earlier in the series, um, you know, whoever that, I, w- I would assume it was a Philly reporter that was chuckling when he said he was an elite shooter. So, oops. Uh, well, <laughs> one game. He, but he, he Al- did lead the league in three-point percentage this year. Like, that's not, a, it's not a fluke stat. No, of course not. Um, but they, they needed him last night, uh, and he he did not show up. Derek White uh, also struggled um, as well. He only put up seven points in this game. Um, don't forget Brogdon, too, has had quite a few impactful games throughout the playoffs. Uh, he did not reach double digits last night himself, only had seven off the bench. Hey, uh, hey Ben, I, I, I appreciate you pulling those three guys because I, I had a tweet last night. Did you? Eight, 8.31 left in the game, yep. I believe. Celtics call timeout. There's a timeout. I forget. Yeah, they were down by like 16 at that point, I think. Something like that. Yeah, and so I I tweeted because I just... The eye test showed me that none of those three guys were contributing, but I just had to check the box score to make sure. Yeah, Brogdon, Horford, White, 14 points combined with 831 left in the game. So they went on to not score the rest of the game? Uh... You said Brogdon and Horford White? Yes, correct. None of of those three scored in the final 830 then. So normally you would chalk those guys in for 30-plus combined over the course of a game. You know, like Mm. 15 from Brogdon's a pretty safe bet, and then you're getting at least 15 combined from White or Horford. Pretty safe bet. I don't think that's a stretch. You could say 40-plus combined, and and that wouldn't be crazy either. Um, Considering that... They were down. They were down by seventeen at the time, actually, according to my tweet. So, okay. look at that. I was doing homework, just guessing what the score was. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, let's say they get to that thirty-point threshold, then it's a one-point game. Uh, you can also they were. I think they'd missed like seven free throws at that point. Yep. Um, so I don't know. There's a lot of things it, that that you can chalk it up to. It's crazy too because Jason Tatum had a 36.10 rebound performance yet shot 11 of 27 from the field only 3 of 11 from deep. Uh, it just shows he did get a chunk of that at the free throw line. I, it's pretty wild and the Celtics lose by double digits even uh, with that happening. He, he was he was taking a lot of his um, step back threes. He, he did his size ups and then decided to pull the trigger over guys like Embiid and Normally, when he walks into shots like that in confidence and when he sees them go in at the free throw line like he was able to do last night, then those go in. But he was not hitting the off-the-dribble threes. And honestly, just from my perspective of it, I mean, for the first time, I think, in the entire series, the 76ers finally showed a team effort last night. Oh, 100%. They they actually did. I, I mean, we haven't really seen that in the first four games. It's been more um, individual based. But... Um, that that was really well done, well executed. Embiid had thirty three, Maxi had thirty. Uh, Harden still had a double double, even with seventeen points. And it's just wild to think where this series has gone now, Peter. Because I mean, if you think back to Game Four on Sunday, like I was, I was watching almost every minute of that game. I didn't see every single minute of this one last night, um, but. It felt like in Game 4, the way that that fourth quarter was going, the Celtics had the Sixers on their heels for a good 
three, four-minute stretch during the middle of that quarter. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the worst part now, I'm sure you must be feeling absolutely disgusted, not only with the inconsistency, but the fact that the Celtics at least had a chance to basically put the nail in the coffin and go up 3-1 when, you know, now here we are, they're sitting in the driver's seat down 3-2 and they're going to have to go out and win two straight, which they are capable of doing. And you brought up a point actually a few minutes ago about how, um, you know, they just haven't been there like the, the entire way and... You know, this is going to be the test. This is where we're going to see what the Celtics are truly built of. Can they pick themselves off the ground and, you know, win two games to go to the conference finals? We're really going to see what this team and this group is actually made of. Yeah, and and it's weird. You're you're right when you say that they, they're not up for every game. And I believe it was Tatum... He's, he was very blunt after the game last night. He said, yeah, like, we just... We, we, weren't, we weren't up for this game. And they'd asked him before the playoffs, like, what have you learned since last year? Like, what have you, what is different about the playoffs? The question was framed to to that degree. And he said, yeah, like, you have to keep your foot on the gas. Like, you, you, you have to put every team away. You have to put every game away. And then you see the first game of the playoffs, they get up by, you know, 35 over Atlanta. And it comes back to, like, a 15-point game. And then game one against Philly, they don't show up. Game four in Philly, they don't close them out. Then last night, they don't show up. It's weird to me. It's really strange. Again, like Tatum has played now like 85 or something like that career playoff games. For, For this point in his career, that's insane. You would think he'd know by now. And look, I think Jason Tatum knows how to play in the playoffs. I think all these guys do. But it's the collective. I don't. I really cannot pinpoint it. And I like to say, like, I'm, I'm decent at, at this stuff um, I'm a, as a fan of the association, but I can't. Going back to game five, um, no, sorry, game four. My goodness, sorry. Everything is, is jump, rattling around the brain right now. But Marcus Smart had a lot of shots in that game, correct? Right? Smart did, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, here's a stat for you. If the eye test has been, why, did, why does Marcus have the ball so much at the end of the game? And to a degree, like, if he gets the open look, I'll take the open look every time. Like, just like I'm okay with that Jordan Poole shot back in game uh, two? Game, what game was that? The Jordan Poole shot. We're talking the Lakers? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. game one. That was, that was game one? Game one, oh. yeah. Yeah, like, I was okay with that Jordan Poole shot because you have the open look. Now, whether you could have taken a dribble, whether... Uh, you know, things like that. You know, that's another situation. But Celtics, the last two playoff seasons, with three minutes or less remaining in the fourth quarter slash overtime, and the game, it's within a five-point balance. Either up by five or down by five. Got it? So that's 13 games. In those games, they're four and nine. So if it's a close game, they are they have not been able to, to, to finish things out the last, last two years. In those games, they're shooting 32.7% from the field in those situations. 23.1% from three. And here are the field goal attempts. Number one in field goal attempts in those scenarios. Marcus Smart, 18. 18 field goal attempts. Al Horford, 12 field goal attempts, number two. Number three, Jalen Brown with nine. Jason Tatum with eight. 
Like, what am I missing here? How does Marcus Smart and Al Horford combine for 30 field goal attempts in those clutch situations where Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have nearly half or a little over half, 17 field goal attempts? Now, Tatum did a great job of getting downhill and finding shooters on the perimeter early in the game. And now they didn't make the shot, so it didn't pay off. But these guys need to find a way to get a shot. And they need to find a way to get themselves open and to get the ball. Joel Embiid did a great job of this, and James Harden, the two of them combined, in Game 4 in Philly. Embiid draws the double. Should they have doubled him? No, because I was okay with Horford covering Embiid. And a two would have just sent the game to double overtime. A three kills him. Again, I don't really understand what Jalen Brown is doing. He, he owned up to that. But James Harden has the wherewithal to relocate to the corner and to get himself in the passing lane of Joel Embiid. And this is something I'll have to look at more film. You know, I'm not getting paid for this. So, you know, <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't the first priority all the time, but... They need to find a way to get themselves open and to get themselves last-minute shots. Now, Marcus Smart is doing that. Marcus Smart is getting these three-point shots, and they're open shots, and you're okay with it. But you're still wondering, why doesn't Jalen Brown have the ball? Why isn't Jason Tatum taking that shot? It's a good point. Um, And obviously what the Celtics will need, you know, the rest of the way, they're going to have to, you know, replicate what happened in Game 3 in Philadelphia. They, they, They can win on the road. You know, mm-hmm. like this series is not over to me. Um, you might differ, but um, Peter, I actually have, I differ. Yeah, I, I, scenario? I would hope you wouldn't. But no, I, I think <laughs> no, they just crap their pants in the biggest way possible. Obviously, yeah. like they know they have to win these games anyways, but they certainly know now they're going to show up game six. They're, I do believe that there's a degree of they're going to be more desperate. This is something who I don't necessarily i've listened to a lot of podcasts and and all the quotes are jumbling around my my brain um there is a i think it might have been tim legler um everyone loves legs uh that there is an act of desperation when you get to these late late round game scenarios that a team needs to be so desperate to win the game i think the celtics will be that desperate to win this game six and then a game seven you know all, all hands are you know Everything is uh, different. It's a one-game series. I have three rapid-fire stats here to throw out you. Yeah, fire them. I'll fire them, okay? Number one, okay. this one's alarming. The Celtics are 10-10 and 10 at TD Garden in their last 20 home playoff games. I believe 9-10 and 10 over the last 19, if you, if you want to make the stat worse. Oh, okay. Uh, I saying, just heard that. I heard that from the guys on TNT last it's night. It's alarming. It's, it's really bad. Very alarming. Number two, the number nine. Nine times in the last five years, Joel Embiid has recorded the most free throws against a Celtics team. It's this we- is a list of 21 players that I'm seeing, but Joel Embiid is on this list nine times for the most free throws in a game against the Celtics. Well, this is, that's also skewed because they're it in is. the same division, so they're going to play him oh, more that's than true. any other team. That's a good point. I just found it interesting because it caught my eye. It's tr- I will say, though, Joel Embiid, whenever... Historically, in the past couple of years, first of all, the Celtics have owned the Sixers in the playoffs. Owned them. It has not been a debate. Yep. And they have. If Embiid has gotten his, no one else has gotten theirs. They've let Embiid kill him because no one else is going to show up. But the issue is Tobias Harris shooting his threes. Tyrese mm-hmm. Maxey shows up to the party last night. James Harden, he is evidently the Celtics killer now. He didn't used to be. 
And we're also going to see in game six if playoff Harden becomes playoff hard brick once again. Um, and then finally, for it. the final rapid fire stat here, the TD Garden hex is on. Uh, There's yeah. been just two wins at TD Garden since April 18th between the Bruins and the Celtics. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Three we, weeks. We need like, I don't even know. We need like. Who who's like a who who's like a musical artist everyone likes like no one can hate them right now, like no one can hate them yeah like universally loved you know right someone's got the bill right, um, I yeah I'm not I I don't know I'm blanking right now at the top yeah because like I feel like I'm gonna say someone someone's gonna be like oh, you're trash um yeah I know check the charts people um. But I say that because I think the TD Garden needs some musical act to come in here in between days. I don't know. Let's have Paul McCartney come in here. National oh, Treasure. you know sure, what? Yeah, not? we'll take that. Yeah, Paul McCartney. Elton John. I know he's done with his U.S. touring, but yeah. I don't know. We need someone universally beloved. Beyonce. Sure, why not? <laughs> the, the come in to TD Garden on their tour, you know, in between some of these games and cleanse the place. Because you are right. There's There's something in the air. And the Celtics fans, it was a weird, it was a weird crowd. They were almost defeated the the minute that game started. I think they could sense that that game they were never going to have it. Um, yep. And I don't, I don't blame them for booing. Um, it was super strange. Um, you know what? We spent we spent a half hour on the Celtics. I figured this would happen. Boy, that's crazy. Is it though? Well, and the Knicks too. Don't forget, we did spend. A yeah, we bit got. We actually day. got like. Uh, we got like ten minutes on the Knicks. Yeah, we, yeah. we did. So it was, oh, it was no, fairly healthy fine. balance. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, part of your yeah. balanced breakfast. We're good. But of course, there's another Celtics question that you have, right? Yeah, well, we'll, we'll do it quick because I don't. Okay. Again, I don't. I don't want to uh, linger on it. Yeah, that's fine. I Anyways, like it. I said, yeah, last year in this same situation, Eastern Conference semifinals, down three two on the road after losing a game five at home in the TD Garden by that that they blew it late to Drew Holiday. This they were just down the whole game. Didn't show up. Jason Tatum erupted 46 points in a must-win elimination game. Forces that game seven back in the garden. Then we know the infamous Grant Williams game. That's um, right, yes. That's again, this happened just last season, so the recent memory for sure. Are they going to need that huge night from Tatum in Philly on Thursday, or do they need that help from somewhere else? Yeah, well, it's got to be Tatum and and. And Brown, um, you know, you got to go back to the well with these two guys. Like, you know, if they can't show up for these, you know, crucial uh, playoff games, then how do you expect to win? Um, I mean, and the three guys that we were discussing, Peter, it's also going to come down to the role players. And yeah, they need to be they they need to be able to, to fill in around the around the two of them. And, and can I just say too that it is unbelievable how the performance of role players completely changes between home and on the road. It, it is unbelievable. I mean, just look at um, look at Michael Porter last night for Denver. You know, he showed up at home, hit his threes early. Yeah, was you know one of those guys under the radar that helped the the Nuggets win Game Five against Phoenix. You know, so th- those three guys though for the Celtics. Mm-hmm. You know, if they show up. Everybody has to come together and have a comprehensive team effort. You can't you can't let your guard down because you know Philly fans are going to be wild because you know <laughs> Philly. Um, 
it's going to be very interesting uh, to see what happens. And in case you are on the uh, the gambling edge, Celtics are minus two, minus one twenty six on the money line. The over under is at two thirteen for mm-hmm. game number six. Um, Celtics are going to play with pace. I think that's an they easy will. over. That's an easy over. And well, as well, uh, just because I am. I don't give a crap today. I do think Sixers fans are heavy front runners. I think <laughs> oh, they six, are. Sixers You're not wrong. Sixers fans, one hundred percent, that yeah. they're up in this series, and and Bede got his his little his little MVP. Um, you know now now they're going to come out in full spades, and they're going to say how oh, they're the best and, and everything. But <laughs> you're not wrong. That that's exactly what Philly is. It, I, you know. I believe <laughs> this is another Legler thing that that role players benefit the most from home games, and that's why. Derek White and Brogdon and Horford not showing up, little magnifies it, uncharacteristic. Yeah. Um, and so in Philly, you might see Dancy Melton hit some threes like he did. Or again, it was in Game One that he hit all the threes. But um, you might see Maxi again. Maxi not a role player. Um, no. But you you might see these guys start to show up. Uh, obviously Robert Williams expect more from him, but this series isn't isn't built for him. Um. You know he just uh, he, he's not meant to guard and beat one on one. He he's in a he's in a real tricky situation. Um, it's tough. I, I don't really blame him for for not having his best performances. Uh, for me, I think Jalen Brown is the one who needs to have a bigger, I, I think a bigger role uh, because he's been again. He I think he had zero field goal attempts in the second quarter last night. It's strange. And when he gets going, he he goes downhill. He attacks the rim with force, and that creates so much more pressure than anyone else, other, even than Tatum. For some reason, I think when Tatum does it, everyone stands around and watches him and oohs and ahs. But when Brown does it, I think it ignites a fire. I don't know. I like can't attribute it to anything. It's just just the feeling thing. And I think he needs to show up, and he needs to have that fu mentality. And I think he does, and I think he will. Uh, but for me, Jalen Brown needs to be the tone setter. Um. Anything else on that, uh, or else we're gonna we're gonna head right to break and we're gonna come back with the Western Conference here. Yeah. Um. Other than that, again, like I said, I have to emphasize it. Like everybody needs to come out for the Celtics. It's got to be, you know, one hundred percent effort all the way through. Uh, you cannot slump like you did last night uh, when you're on the road to enemy territory. Because, again, like I said, this was really the first game in the series that the Sixers put up a team like effort. And if they can replicate that, they're probably going to be the ones ending up walking away with the Game 6 win and the series. But it, it should be interesting. Um, hey, th- this has been a fun series, and uh, another chapter will be written tomorrow night in Philadelphia. Uh, is it TNT again? ESPN, actually. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. I know. I so I I like Doris Burke, but you know, I will say there's a lot of a lot of Joel Embiid favoritism from the worldwide leader at the moment. I, I'd have to say the same thing. You know, the Celtics fans are I don't know if you know, if, if this falls within your realm, but they're losing their mind on Twitter. They they oh, wanna, they oh, wanna I exile can imagine. Doris Burke from they want to shoot her into the sun. Uh, uh, well let's not do that to D B guys. But. Yeah, she's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I think she's a fan of the game, like like you know, like any broadcaster is and should be. But yeah, I think you can get easily easily caught up. 
I'm not gonna ask her. I'm not gonna fire her into the sun. And Mark Jones is a, is a class act. Mark Jones is great. Well, I personally, I would prefer Mike Breen on these games. Uh, who wouldn't? Best in the business. Uh, but you know, yeah, they got they got a lot to cover. Yep. And also after our break, I got a doozy of an NBA uh, question for you and the, uh, the it's a numbers game. Okay. NBA question for yep. me. All right, we're gonna oh, cook. I, I got a doozy one later. You're definitely gonna cook. I know you will. <laughs> all right, all that. In one, actually, it looks like one and a half minutes. Oh, all that in a minute and a half. We're back from the break. Um, wow, yeah, those big hats. All right, may I just say, it? Did you see how the Atlanta Braves? They were doing that for their. I think it was their home run sellies, but they had to stop doing it because they got them from some. I don't know, some random company. And New Era was like, "Yeah, you can't do that." Oh. Yeah, that's that's not good. New Era, just make the hats or just slap the logo on the side. Like, jeez. Well, like, that that'd be more money for them to pour into it. So why would they want? No, to do you that? just tell them slap our logo on the side and pay for it to get embroidered. Okay, I see. I see. Like, I don't even care if we don't make it. Just like we need the insignia on there. That's this is true. And you know, Atlanta fans would end up buying those big hats. What a weird trend, by the way. I may may I say, very strange. The, the whole big hat. Would you ever wear a big hat? I uh, no, I I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I don't like, think anyone can seriously wear it, right? No, I I mean it's it, it's funny, but like it's just gonna fall over your face, like Chuck with the ping pong balls last night on Inside. Uh, <laughs> no one does it better than them. No, um, no way. Uh, quick question for the it's a numbers game. Is it a uh, does it have to do with our Western Conference uh, talk? I it does not. It actually, has to do with history. So. You know what? Just let, let's just run the the it's a numbers game coming out of the break. You you want to run it right now? I want to run it right now. You want to run it right now? Yeah. Okay. Am, I, am I throwing you off? Are you not I, set up? <laughs> I wasn't quite set up yet, but I I have a rough idea of what it is. Um, okay. So all right, it's 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 kind of recency bias here. Um, That's fine. You, you probably you probably know uh, this is probably going to be a layup for you, uh, but. Oh right, the music. Hang on, hang on. Uh, the, 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 you gotta, you gotta. We gotta set the tone here. Right? Well, the good thing about about uh, a show like this, it would be based for uh, off of recent games and things like that. All right, let, you ready? Yeah. All right. You d- don't blast it, but yeah. Well, we'll we'll see where, yeah, see it, where lies. it is. All right. Here we go. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> all right. So. All right. May num- May seventh is a pretty big day. In the NBA, okay? Can you tell me what three significant events happened on May 7th in the NBA playoffs history? Um, this was a segment on TNT the other night, so... Rap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is it the last shot? Yes. Jordan, 1989. All right, all right. Let's fade this music. <laughs> all right, May 7th. All right, crap. Um, you, can't even, you can't even think... <laughs> You got the one. I didn't watch Inside the other night. I know. Oh, I'm a fake man. fan. Fake oh, you, fan. You would have had your research done already. I know. Well, I saw on Twitter that it was the last shot. Um, yes. So you got uh, you got 1989, May 7th, which is when MJ stuck it from the foul line over Craig Elo with the shot. The Bulls beat the Cavaliers in the first round of the playoffs. So we're talking about notable things in the first and second round then. On May 7th. Um, yeah. Any uh, we believe Warriors? Anything in there? Them beating the Mavericks in two thousand seven or whatever it was? Nope, no. 
Uh, was it the the Grizzlies beating the Spurs in the first second round in like 2011? Nope. You got one question left. Use it wisely. <laughs> oh, I'm so done. <laughs> oh my god! Come on, you got one question? You can, you can pull yourself out. Um, ask about a range of years, anything. You know. All right, I'll he- I'll help you out. I'll give you a free hint. <laughs> All right. So the Good other ugly. two events are post Jordan, so it's after '89. Okay. Oh, thank God. All right. My next question was a Jordan question. So. Oh. <laughs> and the other two did not have to do with Michael Jordan either. Okay. Oh man, come on. Dude. Um. Uh, God, I gotta get one of these. This is a, I'm, I'm asked <laughs> about <laughs> about a date in time. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, um. <laughs> Well, like I'm trying to think of notable playoff things. So I'm like, okay, well the Kobe, the Kobe game winner against the Sun. You know, sure, fine. Kobe, the Kobe game winner to beat the Suns in the, in the second round or whatever it was. I, it's, it's a good guess. Come on, no, you gotta it, is, it is a good guess, but it is not. I don't know. Is it that. when Kelly Olynyk ripped out Kevin Love's arm in in 20 like 16 or all something? Right, all right, 15. I'll help you out again. Each of these two events are 2002 and before. Okay. All right. So we're in a range from eighty nine to 02? Yes. Yes. I, I have to help you out here. Come on. You uh, can get this. Uh, Nick, An- Nick Anderson blowing free throws. I, that no. 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 Yeah. I give up. You just tell me. Oh. Okay. Well. May seventh, nineteen ninety five. Ninety at Madison Square Garden. Reggie Miller. Um, eight points in nine seconds. Wow. Nobody yeah. can forget that. And is then that, we, is, we that need, he, is that what he did the choke? Is that is that the same game? I think that was a different game, actually. Oh, I want to okay. say, but it, maybe you're right. Um, and then we need sound on this last one. Oh boy, May seventh, two thousand and two. Take a listen to this. Oh. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, well, this sounds great. It's, it's spazzing out. All right, well, that's incredible. Let's, let's try it again. Here we go. May seventh. 2002. It's easy to sum it up when you just talk about practice. We sitting oh here, I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice. You see the, not a game, not a, a game, not a game. Uh, I believe it's, it's, we're talking it's about Chase. practice. We're not sponsored, by the way, but it has Kevin Hart and, and talking about Curry practice. and AI. They're like, we're talking about cash back. Uh, we're talking about cash <laughs> back right now. Yes, yes. Oh, I saw the um, I saw the Tatum Mike Green commercial during oh, Game you finally Four. Finally, saw it. Celtics Sixers. Yeah. Like it's good, but it's not great. Yeah, they the pre-recorded you know bang soundtrack doesn't sound like. And know. I don't know. It's, it's just, like Tatum it's a, for three bang. It's like it's got to be authentic. Like what? Whoever cut, does Tatum not have a bang call from his career from Green? Um, He'd have to right. He. Boy, he, he would have to. Mike Breen's called so many games over the years for you know ESPN that Tatum would have to have a bang call. Um, all the right. Celtics Heat series probably last year because that was on ESPN. Uh, I'm just trying to think. He definitely, if he doesn't have a so Breen called the game six. Peter is deep in thought. In this I am. I it, my my brow is furrowed right now. <laughs> Breen called the game six semifinals against the Bucks last year. Correct, and I don't. I don't know if he had a bang, but he certainly had some puts it in. Oh yeah, you're right. That's that's Breen's classic with, uh, puts with Tatum. It puts in. it in. Tatum with 42. Yeah, yeah. that's that, that's the Mike Breen special. Right and then yeah. I mean Tatum's best game winner ever. Um, well, two of his more notable ones: the 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 turnaround shot over LeBron in um, in the crypt this year, 
that was a TNT game. So I believe that was Brian Anderson. And then in the game opener in the 2021 season, uh, still no fans are uh, in the TD Garden. Step back over Giannis for three from the left corner. Mm. I believe that was also it was a season opener, so it was TNT as well. I believe that was also Brian Anderson. So, yep. That's weird. Brian Anderson more associated with it. Um, so those are your three May seventh events, by the way. You know what? One for three. That's that's all right. Three thirty three. You're batting. So that's better yeah. than Yoshida now after last night. Why? Why did he have to do me like that? <laughs> he had like a sixteen game hit streak. No, I know. Sorry, that was cool. That was cool. I, I wish he, he actually he got up to the uh, the plate in the ninth as the last hope for the Sox last night and. Unfortunately, grounded out. Yeah. I was pulling for him too. So yeah, it's funny. I saw the tweet like, "Oh, he's gonna have like one more shot," and then the next tweet I saw was final, like nine two. Yeah, yeah. E. Um, well, sixteen's pretty good. I'll tell you that much. Uh, anytime you get over fifteen, that's when it really starts to get serious to me. Oh um, yeah, you know, I, ten. Eh. I mean, yeah, Luis Arias is on a twelve-game hitting streak for the Miami Ooh, Marlins. Really? Yes, yes. I love Luis. Arias. He's batting four eighteen right now. Ooh, wow, even better than Jaron Duran. Uh, yeah, old who uh, also has what? He got a grand slam off the Orioles earlier this year. I know that upset Kwame. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, hey, Orioles won last night. Hey, Gray, Gray Rod won every start that hey. they've been in except against pictures named Jacob DeGrom. The Yankees so, also finally have Aaron Judge back. You know, we're, we're going to get to baseball here quickly in a second. Actually, oh, I, I have a baseball thing because okay. I, I don't want to keep it a monosports show. All right. But okay. because we were That's talking cool. about the 90s, the 90s, uh, yes. I have another stat for you. Uh, 1994, that was the last time the lower seed in each conference semifinals matchup had the chance to close out this series. Ultimately, only one of those four series ended up in an upset, but that means that the lower seed had three games on the other, or on the higher seed. Oh, my God, I'm falling <laughs> apart. Um, they, Poor this was mentioned because this had the potential to happen last night as well, but Denver pulled away from Phoenix. Um this was TNT on this stat. TNT, they're they're statisticians, man. They they Pretty put wild. in the work. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, a question for you, Benjamin. Um, why has there been so much parody <laughs> in, uh, in what what the Benjamin throwing you off? It almost sounded like you said Bane. Bane. What? That's what it sounded like. I, sorry. Like what, Benjamin? <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounded like. Oh, <laughs> that's not the case, but okay. Yeah. Um. So, Bane, uh, why has there been so much parity in this year's playoffs? Why do you think? Um, well, let's be real. The Lakers are not a seven seed. They're showing that against the Warriors. Uh, this team is better than their seed. Uh, the fact that it came down to Lonnie Walker <laughs> in game four to, um, you know, to kill the Warriors, uh, that's pretty darn impressive. Um Hey, th- that's the makes makings of a great coach, though, in Darvin Ham. And whoever is the coach of the Lakers will never get the credit they deserve. Frank Vogel will never get the credit he deserved. But he got his players ready. He got them to accept the role and to be ready whenever they were called upon. And he did. Yep. Lonnie Walker, too, I believe it was in game four. He played some, you know, wh- if you want to call it garbage time, but I think to the, the, the credit of, of those who are analyzing it, he came in and he was ready to perform and uh, and to put in some effort in those late minutes that ultimately didn't matter. He showed he was ready. He showed that Coach Ham could trust him. And then, and then he does come in in game five late in the game and he injects some life into that game. It was impressive. Yep. Um, 
And, you know, Miami, even as an eight seed, we, we've seen that, you know, their, their playoff experience um, in the past. And it, it's it's coming a long way. And, yeah, granted, I, I understand that, you know, the, the Knicks have clearly shown in the series that they're just they're not ready yet. Um, they, they are. And they're going to need somebody else behind Brunson and Randall going forward. Or, or maybe someone just better than Randall. Uh, well, yeah. That, that's very true. What about uh, R.J. Barrett? Can he be that guy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's he's a little too inconsistent for my liking. Uh, it's been encouraging what he's what he's done. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm downplaying it, Peter. I'm just downplaying it. Um, but um, the Heat, though, uh, have a lot of experience, and as I was saying, their physicality, their three point shooting, they they play hard. Um, and Spo is a great coach. Uh, so even as an eight seed, it's it's actually hard to believe too because they lost that opening play in game to yeah. Atlanta. Yeah, they didn't show up for that game. Had to beat Chicago just to get into the field. So pretty wild. Well, the Bulls sucked. So I mean, not an issue. Well, th- this is also true. You know, th- literally the only reason uh, the Bulls even won in Toronto in the opener was because DeRozan's daughter was the MVP of the game. Um, this is true. <laughs> uh, and I- I'm trying to think who else. Um, yeah, and obviously the Warriors is a sixth seed. Uh, you know, uh, our uh, our Sacramento Kings unfortunately fell out in uh, our seven Kings. games. Yeah, certainly my Kings. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, wait, you didn't have the Kings in the first round, though, did you? I had them the whole regular season. Yeah, I just but didn't. yeah, but I was right. I did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you had the Kings going to what to the conference finals, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that didn't happen. That's tough. That didn't happen. Uh, but the Warriors were also another. You know. Um, Overlooked six seed, honestly, and I'm not saying that. Yeah, they're down three one. They can dig themselves out of this hole, but I'm not. I'm not buying it, to be honest. Like three two is different than three one. So, uh, but there are a lot of, um, you know, lower seeds that have come alive in the playoffs. And you know what? I I said earlier in the year. I, I think it might have been on my show. I, I'll have to go back and dig the clip up. Um, that I said beginning of the season that this had this was the most parody that the NBA has probably seen in a while. Mm-hmm. It, it really is yeah. just because of all the different you know trades um, that have gone down throughout the year. So it, it's great. It's great for the league. One thing that has to change though, <laughs> we have to realize that these marquee playoff games, some of them are blowouts. And that's one thing. I, I understand you can't really control that, but like Lakers Warriors having back to back thirty point blowouts in the series was a, a, li- a little a little frustrating in some ways because it's like you know you have Steph versus LeBron, all these star players, but yeah, hard to say. I, I will say the parody thing. I mean, we were talking about this with the Western Conference all year because we had the teams we thought would be shoe ins to be a lot more competitive than they ended up being. We thought Dallas. I mean. Again, they were in the Western Conference Finals last year. They ultimately don't even make the play-in. Mm. Uh, the Pelicans, we saw their fight to get to the uh, second. They, they win the first round last year? No, they lost Pelicans against lost, yeah. the Suns, but it, it was a hard-fought in, in series. six, I think. It was a hard, hard-fought six. Ultimately, they only make... They're, they only end up being the 10 seed when there were times, I believe there's one point in the regular season, they were number two or number three in the whole West. Yeah. And then you have the then you have the teams who were ultimately much better than you anticipated. You had Sacramento ending up at number three. You had, uh, well, I wasn't high in the Lakers, but they ended up preseason. Uh, by the way, I did have them beating the Grizzlies in the first round. <laughs> Let that be known. 
I had the Warriors winning uh, in this round, though. I don't feel as confident about that. Uh, and then OKC coming out of nowhere, being the ninth seed. You have the Utah Jazz, 37 wins. No one would have predicted that. Yeah, um, I, I think that the Warriors set the tone for how to build a modern NBA team in 2015. And it's taken this long for every team to catch up, I think, to the model and for the players in middle school and high school to adapt their games and to learn that skill set and, and for the college game to catch up and, and to teach these guys how to play that way and and for every every professional team to buy in. And we finally reached that point where, you know, guys aren't in the aren't in the driveway trying to shoot like LeBron. I mean, no one would want to shoot like LeBron. Uh, but you get my point. Everyone everyone's trying to shoot like Steph Curry. I mean, Steph himself has said, like, I'm not telling you all to take these bad shots. Like, it's not my fault. <laughs> I'm just better than everyone else. Uh, um, you know, we're, we're, on a, we're on a time crunch here. So we're going to head to break real yeah. quick. We're going to come back with baseball and the stat star of the week. Oh, baby. Ben, would you like to uh, take this next stat here? Well, why don't I, Peter? Um, and we go to the diamond now. Because... The stat is plus 116, and we're not talking betting odds. The Tampa Bay Rays have been... That'd be a very random random line, very specific. Yeah, uh, (laughs) sure. Uh, The the Tampa Bay Rays have been steamrolling through the rest of uh, Major League Baseball. Their plus 116 run differential is nearly doubling that of the next highest team, the Atlanta Braves, who are at plus 62. Now, of course, we know the, the Rays have been perennial contenders for years, but... Are they really the best baseball team out there right now, Peter? I mean, everything that they... What are you doing with your arm? The tomahawk chop. Oh, oh come, come on. on. You can't do that anymore. Oh, you're right. They it's shouldn't offensive. have been... I mean, Florida State still does it. Every, they still do it. The Chiefs do it. The Braves do it. They should not be doing it. But um, I'm not going to discredit the Rays by saying that they shouldn't be because they have the... The AL Cy Young leader in the clubhouse, if it's not uh, the Japanese Bay Ruth in Shane McClanahan, he's what seven and zero with a one seven five, I believe, uh, and that's where I think he had a start the other day where he went five or six shutout and he gave up or and he had like seventy or eighty pitches and and Kevin Cash pulls him, you know, in the most Kevin Cash uh, thing ever. But, you know, the home runs are there. This It's a deep lineup. We're talking Yandy Diaz, Wander Franco. Um, they, they have other players in that. Sorry, I'm just Isaac Paredes. Uh, but they're, the offense is there in a surprising way. They're explosive. The Rays, when they've won, it's been off pitching. It's been off depth. It's been off high IQ and defense. But it has not been off explosive bats unlike the rest of the AL East, where if, if the rest of the AL East wins, it's because of explosive bats, and maybe that's why the Rays haven't been able to historically make it deep in October, except for 2020, because the bats, you know, can't stay hot. But the bats have stayed hot, and the pitching staff, you know, again, they keep on coming out, coming up with these guys, conjuring them out of a hat for years, but they have probably the the, the best pitching staff in all of baseball, and, and they're, they're, they do it every year, um, you know, forever. <laughs> and if you look at the odds, actually, uh, the Braves are the number one odds, uh, according to FanDuel Sportsbook, not sponsored. Uh, Atlanta Braves plus 500, Rays plus 650. Dodgers tied with the Rays plus 650. Um, Astros plus 700. Uh, then 
the the first team and a thousand above are the Padres at plus one thousand. Um, what are your thoughts on this, Ben? Um, <laughs> sorry, I, I just saw a hysterical tweet out there. Um, I, I'll, I'll mention it in a second. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so the the uh, the odds have actually significantly changed, uh, as you mentioned, um, and uh, to me. I, I really can't stand by the Rays right now as the best team in baseball. I I mean, we're, we're getting we're getting to the threshold where at least I believe there's enough of a sample size, and that that's at 50 games. Um, as soon as 50 games are played, a third of the way, yeah, yeah, that that's that's when I think we officially know like who's going to be in it. And I think the Rays will be in it. Don't get me wrong; they are a great team. They're winning a ton of games. They're um, actually among, I believe, some of the best. Uh, best team starts in Major League Baseball history um, because I'm pretty sure the record for best start was the uh, I think the uh, a Detroit Tigers team did it way back in the day. Um, I think they were 35 and five uh, to start the season. But I mean, they, to me, there's just other teams out there like the Braves and the Dodgers, the Astros. I, I think the Padres are going to be in the mix. I would certainly hope that the New York Yankees could pick their feet up here and get going soon, too. Um, you know, there just feels... It feels like there's going to be more uh, heavy contenders and more consensus picks outside of the Rays. And like I said, they, they have great contact hitting. Don't get me wrong. Behind, of course, Yandy Diaz and Wander uh, Franco at the top of that lineup. Um but I, I just don't know. Um, I, I can't stand by them right now. I have to see a little bit more. Uh, you know, th- this isn't a completely unbiased pick at all. Of course not. But um, my uh, my World Series was actually Yankees-Padres preseason. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't pick one. I, I didn't. Although I think if I did, I would have gone. Uh, what would have I done? Uh, I think I would have gone Braves. Um a lot of people were on the Blue Jays. I don't know if I could have gone there. I wouldn't have gone Rangers. I'm, I wasn't high on the Astros. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, boy, I don't know. I have no idea who I'd come out of the AL. Because, well, I'm not. Guardians, I love the Guardians. I, I'm not going to have them actually getting out of the American League. Um, Maybe I would have picked, picked Angels just because I wanted it to happen. But it would never actually happen. Yan- Yankees or Blue Jays, I think, are fair picks. Yeah. Uh, one thing on the Rays, by the way, uh, they have the best record in the league at 29 and 8. They also play in the best division as the worst team in the AL East is 20 and 17. That's the New York Yankees. Yeah, uh, ironic. And in their own division this year, they're 8 and 4. So half their losses have come within division, but they're still 8 and 4. It's, <laughs> they're still, you know, a 667 winning percentage. Yeah, it's it's way too early to um, you know count anybody out of any race yet. It's certainly just, it's too early. Even the twelve and twenty four St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, yeah. Excuse Wilson. me, thirteen and twenty four, three oh, in a row. Yeah, put some respect on their name. Yeah, uh, Wilson Contreras. Ooh, yikes! The the new the new Yachty. That's a tough look. Um, yeah. As we wrap things up here, we're going to get to the stat star of the week. Now, Ben, I did not consult you. On the stat star of the week, but you didn't, you're right. Uh, I'm just gonna guess. You're you're okay with the pick, right? It's pretty no brainer. Although I do I do have a, a question along with it. So, coming into last night's game five against the Nuggets, Devin Booker averaged 36.3 points per game, 
on 63.7 shooting from the field and 57.1% from deep uh, and 8.8 assists a game uh, this series. <laughs> I mean, that's insane. Uh, he even heated up further in the desert, shooting at a blistering 79.1% from the field over games three and four. Um, considering he averaged 37.2 points per game in round one, has he been the most impressive playoff performer thus far? And this has been a playoffs where there's been a ton of impressive performers. These are the ones I came up with. Jimmy Butler, of course, last week's that start of the week. Nikola Jokic, who uh, arguably maybe should should win this over over D-Book. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, Joel Embiid, Stephen Curry, Anthony Davis, and James Harden. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that Devin Booker uh, has... Knocked Jimmy Butler off this perch. Uh, I do. Um, you know, his efficiency, especially uh, in games. Yeah, yeah, you wrote it down. Games three and four. Uh, that's 79.1%. I believe it was 34 for 43, which is uh, honestly ridiculous. It's nuts. I mean, you don't, we don't see that, you know, that often in the NBA. It, 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 he's a special shooter. Um, and. You know, the thing, obviously, with, with the Suns is that I, I do not know if they can go back to Denver in a Game 7 and win on the road. I, 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 mm, I can't see I it right now. So. No. I mean, do I believe that they're going to get Game 6? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, they're at home. They they have a chance to, you know, even it up behind their home crowd. I'd like their odds there. But um, at the same time, uh, it, it's going to be tough. But it doesn't take away what Booker's been doing all playoffs long. Um, and, you know, Jimmy Butler had that ridiculous series against the Bucks with uh, 37.3 points per game. But uh, Booker is has been more efficient to me, um, and he definitely has been the most impressive performer. It's been the whole thing. I mean, I think we talked about heading in, into the series. You pref, prefer, jeez, oh my goodness, prefer the individual firepower of KD and Booker? Do you prefer the whole, you know, beautiful game, holistic approach of the Nuggets and ironic because Jokic is honestly doing a lot of this on his own. Um, yep. It's been crazy. Now, just rapid fire as we finish here. Uh, Suns, Nuggets, who wins the series? Nuggets. Nuggets. All right. I also go Nuggets. Lakers, Warriors, who wins? Lakers. Lakers. I think it's All right. Over. So uh, I agree. So Lakers, Nuggets, who wins? Nuggets. Nuggets, I do agree. All right. Sixers, Celtics, who wins? <laughs> this is the hard one. I, I, I hate to I say go, it. I go Celtics. But I, I, I'm going Sixers. It just feels like the no, tide yeah. might be turning this year. I, I just, uh, I just, I mean, I can't not pick Celtics here. Right. Um, yeah. Knicks Heat, who wins? Uh, heat. Uh, I also go Heat. Okay, so yeah. Sixers, Heat for you. Who wins? Oh, boy. Uh, Embiid versus Butler. Oh. Uh, Sixers. Sixers? All I'd right. go Sixers. Uh, for me, Celtics seed. I have the Celtics winning. All right, so for you, Sixers, Nuggets, who wins? Yeah. Uh, Sixers, Nuggets. Uh, I'm still going to ride or die with the Nuggets after the, the Bucks got punched out. Okay. Yeah, well, for me, Celtics, Nuggets, I th- this was my, my pick heading into the postseason, but I would pick the Nuggets. I don't know what the hell the Celtics would do against Nikola Jokic. I would be scared. Yeah. I mean... Can't even do anything against Embiid. Like, what are we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's scary. All right. Well, that does it for us for the semester. Uh, yep. We'll see everyone soon. 
Uh, or you can hear us soon. I don't know. You'll, you'll find out. I was going to say, let's let's take this to podcast. It'll be fun to keep this up. Yeah, we might. Yeah. We'll, so we'll we'll see you when we see you. And for me, this is my swan song here at QAQ. So thank you for uh, everybody in the sports journalism program, all my professors that goes down the line. Uh, but, you know, just a few of the names, uh, Rich Hanley, Nick Petruskevich, uh, the late, great Barry Sachs, Dave Miller, uh, Molly Anity, who's been in charge of the program, and so many more who I can't even name right now. Brian uh, Spiros. Uh, wow, Brian Spiros, yes. Uh, Jeremy Bullen will make uh, one last appearance. <laughs> God, can't believe his name will be love, recorded. In love this. that name. Love that name, right. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I didn't have any music to pull up. I didn't have any uh, any playoff music. Yeah, I, I should have. I should have done the the Oscars playoff music the minute you got uh, ten seconds in your speech. Crank that. Ah, oh, yeah, you should have. That would have been great. It's but a, um, yeah. but yeah, seriously though, uh, it's it's been a great five years. I'm gonna miss being in the studio. It's been like my second home to me while I've been here. Um, so, and uh, yeah, two degrees later, walking across that stage Sunday, it's gonna be uh, something else. So, thank you QAQ for all the great memories and everybody who's guided me along the way. Peter is going to be back here uh, next year, so you'll certainly hear more of him on these airwaves. Yes, sir. We will see everyone soon.